In this recording, we're going to look at the interesting but underexplored issue of why we don't blow the shofar first thing in the morning. So the mitzvah of shofar kicks in as soon as the sun rises, but most people don't end up blowing shofar until hours later after shachris in shul, maybe 10 or 11 a.m. So the question is, why don't we blow the shofar as soon as the mitzvah begins around 6 or 6.30 a.m. based on the principle of zrizin makdimin le mitzvos, that pious people who do mitzvahs with proper alacrity do the mitzvah as early as possible during the day. So for context, let's begin with two other mitzvahs where we do apply the principle of zrizin makdimin le mitzvos. The most famous mitzvah in which we apply this principle is bris mila. And in fact, the Gemara in Psachim and Daladam and Aleph learns out this principle of Zrizimak Dimin Lemitzvos in the context of bris mila. So it says that one could do the bris at any time on the eighth day. The whole day is valid. But Zrizimak Dimin Lemitzvos, people who are pious should try to do the mitzvah as early as reasonably possible in the day. And this is learned out from the Pasuk of Vayashkim Avraham Baboker, that when Hashem told Avraham to sacrifice his son Yitzchak. So the next morning he began doing it early in the morning. So we see that when someone has a mitzvah of Hashem's to do, they should do it early in the morning to show that they're eager and excited to do this mitzvah. They cherish the mitzvah as opposed to procrastinating. And that's why brises are almost always in the morning unless there's a pressing need to do it in the afternoon. Now the second mitzvah is more similar to shofar and that is the mitzvah of shaking the lulav and the esrog on sukkis. So with regards to that mitzvah, uh, the Shulchan Aruch discusses that it's a little more complicated to apply this principle. This is in the Shulchan Aruch Simen Tuf Resh Nun Beis Sif Aleph. And he says, The mitzvah of lulav can be done at any point during the day. If one didn't do the mitzvah in the morning, they certainly can do it in the afternoon. But, says the Shulchan Aruch, based on zrizim magdimin lemitzvos, so you should take it early in the morning and not in the afternoon. But then says the Shulchan Aruch, the Ikar Mitzvah The main mitzvah of Lulav is connected to the shaking we do during Halal, which we say after Shachris. So maybe it makes more sense to take the Lulav right before Halal, make the bracha on it then, and then go straight into Halal. So the Shulchan Aruch sort of hedges on when the proper time for taking lulav is. Is it first thing in the morning because of Zrizim Akdim and Mitzvos? Or should one push it off until after Shachris when they're about to say Hallel? Because the ideal way to do the mitzvah of lulav is with Hallel, so that overrides the Zrizim Akdim and Mitzvos concern. Now the Mishnah Brura there points out another factor, which also is going to influence this, and that is based on the Arizal, one is supposed to shake the lulav in the sukkah because the mitzvah of lulav and the mitzvah of sukkah are also connected. So that's also going to affect when the ideal time is to take the lulav. Because the assumption of many poskim seems to be that it's hard to get to a sukkah once someone goes to shul. So if they shake the lulav right before halal, it won't be in the sukkah, it will be in the shul building. So that's another reason why they should take the lulav before they leave home in their private sukkah and then go to the shul. So there's basically three factors which are competing. One is reason makdimim lemitzvos, which means they should do it as early as possible. But then there's the connection between lulav and halal, so maybe they should take it before halal. And then there's a third factor, which is that they should try to take the lulav in the sukkah. So for many people, that might mean taking it before they go to shul, but for some people whose shul has a sukkah, they can just step out of shul and shake it in the sukkah right before halal. 
So the Mishnah Brura seems to be siding with the approach of shaking the lulav in the private sukkah and then going to shul and davening shachris. And in the Piskei Chuvis, he quotes a large group of major poskim who agree with this. He quotes that Rabbi Yaakov Emden said that his father, the Chacham Tzvi, used to do that. Rabbi Chaim of Valozhin used to do that. The Chasim Sofer, the Stipler. So many great poskim used to shake the lulav early in the morning before they went to Shol. And that was partly because of the reason of Zrizim Akdimim Lemitzvos and also because they wanted to shake the lulav in the sukkah to connect those two mitzvahs. So we see that even though it's not so simple to apply Zrizim when it comes to the mitzvah of lulav, but it certainly is a factor along with other factors in trying to figure out the ideal time for lulav. Now, the question is that when it comes to shofar, we do not find a popular custom to blow the shofar early before davening. So what happened to zrizim makdimim lemitzvos? So the simple answer is that the Gemara itself in Rosh Hashanah, Lamed Beis, Lamed Beis, deals with this issue. The Mishnah rules, however, the person leading davening on Rosh Hashanah, the one leading Musaf blows the shofar, meaning the shofar gets blown at Musaf, not at Shachris. But when someone is saying Hallel, we don't say Hallel on Rosh Hashanah, but on other holidays, so Hallel gets said with Shachris, which is what we do. The person who davens Shachris says Hallel right after Chazar Sashatz. Whereas blowing the shofar on Rosh Hashanah, we include with the Musaf davening. Now we have two sets of blowing. What's called the Tkios de Miyushav is right before Musaf and we make the Bracha then. And then we blow again during the Musaf davening, what's called the Tkios de Meumad, the standing Tkios. Most people blow that during the Chazar Sashatz, during the Chazan's repetition. And there is a custom to blow it during the actual silent Shmona Esrei of Musaf. But either way, it's during the Musaf. So the Mishnah calls attention to this discrepancy that blowing shofar is included in Musaf, whereas Hallel is included in Shachris. So the Gemara asks why is the shofar included with Musaf? And it says based on the principle Barov Am Hadras Melech. We try to honor Hashem with as many people as possible. So because some people come late, they included blowing the shofar in Musaf when there's a larger crowd than at Shachris. So the Gemara asks that if so, why isn't Hallel also included in Musaf to have Barov Am, to have more people? So the Gemara answers because of Zrizim Akdimim Lemitzvos. We try to do the Mitzvos early. So that's why Hallel is included in Shachris. So if so, why isn't the Shofar included in Shachris also because of Zrizim Akdimim Lemitzvos? Here's the key line. The Gemara says, Rabbi Yochanan said, Bishas Gezeras Hamalchus Shanu. There was a decree against the Jewish people. There was an anti-Semitic government and they insisted that if the Jews blow shofar, they're going to punish them. As Rashi explains, Oivim yitku. The anti-Semites decreed that they can't blow shofar. They would wait for six hours until the end of shachris to make sure that the Jews didn't blow shofar. Like in Soviet Russia, they used to have spies checking on the shoals. But once shachris was over and the the anti-Semites thought they had defeated the Jews. There was not going to be any shofar blowing. So then they left. And the Jews would then blow shofar after that at Musaf. 
So that's how Rashi understands this line in the Gemara, that they were unable to blow shofar during Shachris because of danger from anti-Semitism. So that's why they didn't apply the principle of Zeriza Makdim Lemitzvos to the mitzvah of shofar, as opposed to Hallel, where there was no danger, so that they did say at Shachris. So according to Rashi's reading of the Gemara, the mitzvah of shofar is an exception from Mila and Lulav and Hallel that we don't apply the rule of Zerizim Akdimim Lemitzvos because there was a period in Jewish history when it was dangerous to blow the shofar early, so they pushed it off to later in the day. Now, the obvious question is that we are, for the most part, fortunate. We live in countries where we are safe and we are able to blow the shofar whenever we want. So why don't we revert to the way things should be and blow the shofar first? thing in the morning. So Tosvos writes, Even though there is no danger, we don't go back to the way things were. And even though we're not keeping the rule of Because we're worried that maybe things are going to go back to being dangerous. We can never be guaranteed that we're going to be safe until Mashiach comes. So because we're always worried that the situation might decline again and it will be dangerous to blow the shofar, so we keep things the way they are and we blow it at Musaf, not early in the morning. So based on this Gemara and Tosvos, it seems pretty clear that we should not blow the shofar before Musaf based on this concern that there was a time in Jewish history when it was dangerous to blow the shofar earlier and it might unfortunately revert back to that kind of danger. And the parallel in halacha for this would be the mitzvah of lighting the Hanukkah candles, because originally they used to light the Hanukkah candles outdoors, which many people in Israel do nowadays, but then because of danger, they moved it indoors. So the question is, nowadays when we don't have danger, should we move the Hanukkah candles back outside? So it's the same question as Tostos is raising, do we change the halacha when the situation improves or not? And many people in Israel do light outside, many people outside of Israel continue to to light inside. So that would be a parallel halachic question to this issue of whether we should blow the shofar early in the day. So that's the source in the Gemara, which seems to say that we don't apply Zrizim Makdimim Lemitzvos to the mitzvah of shofar. But it wasn't that simple. There was a widespread custom in the Sephardic world to blow the shofar first thing in the morning before anyone went to shul. As soon as the sun rose, they would gather together and blow the shofar. And then afterwards, everyone would go to shul and daven shachris, and then they would blow the shofar as part of Musaf. And we find reference to this going on in Salonika, in Constantinople, in Izmir, in Andorra, and even in Yerushalayim, which presumably there was a Sephardic community there that brought this custom with them. So this seems to have been a fairly widespread custom, at least at one point in the Sephardic world. And interestingly enough, someone once told me that their father, who was a real yeki, he was a survivor from Germany, and he brought over a lot of German customs that he had seen. So he would wake up all the children first thing on Rosh Hashanah morning in order to blow the shofar for them. And then later on, they would go to Shoal and hear the shofar there. So obviously this custom was not limited only to the Sephardic world, but there were also German Jews up to the modern era who were doing it. So the question is, what is the halachic status of this custom? Is it the right thing to do? And if yes, how do we get around the Gemara, which seems to say that one should not blow early in the morning? 
So there's basically three views in the postkim. There's the mainstream opinion, which the Birkei Yosef and the Mishnah Brura in Simen Tav Kuf Peiches go through, and that is that no one should be blowing the shofar early. Everyone should go to Shul and hear the shofar as part of Musaf, which is why most people do not get together for a sunrise shofar blowing. They just wait until they hear it in Shul as part of Musaf. So that's based on the Mishnah Brura's ruling on this issue. The second view is in the Chuvis Dvar Moshe, Chelek Gimel, Simon Yud Aleph. This is written by Reb Moshe Amarillov, also known as Reb Moshe Emet, who was a Rav in Salonika. And his view is that you could blow the shofar early, but you should not be making a bracha on that earlier blowing. So he's not against the notion of blowing early, but he does believe that the bracha has to be reserved for in shul before Musaf. And the third view is in the Chuvis Ohel Yosef from Rabbi Yosef Molcho, who is also a well-known Rav in Salonika. And this is also the opinion of Rabbi Yitzchak HaKohen Rappaport in his Chuvis Bate Kahuna, the Chelek Bastin from Simon Hay to Simon Tess. And they both give a full-throttled defense to the minhag of blowing the shofar before davening with a bracha. So they basically fully agree with this custom to blow the shofar early, the same as there are people who take their lulav and do the mitzvah before they go to shol, even though later on after shachris, when they shake during halal, is the primary mitzvah of lulav, but they do the actual mitzvah well before that, even before they daven shachris. So they believe that shofar is a parallel mitzvah, that one should do the mitzvah before they daven shachris, and then go to shul and do the primary mitzvah during Musaf. So what I'd like to do now is go through some of the back and forth of the Dvar Moshe and the Ohel Yosef over this issue. But before proceeding, I do want to point out that I don't know much about these men historically, and they do have a long discussion which centers on what Nathan of Gaza, who was the prime mover and shaker of the Shabtai Tzvi false messiah movement. And these poskim have a discussion about what his practice was when he was in Salonika one year. So I don't know if they just didn't realize what a rotten person he was, or if there were some more deep-seated issues going on. But either way, my intention is certainly not to endorse anyone. I'm just going to take out the halachic points that they make back and forth because they have a fascinating discussion over whether we apply Zrizim Akdimim Lemitzvos to the mitzvah of Shofar. So again, the Dvar Moshe argues against this. He believes that we do not blow the Shofar early and the Ohel Yosef argues in favor of the custom because we do apply the principle of Zrizim Akdimim Lemitzvos to Shofar also. So the first argument of the Dvar Moshe is pretty simple. The Tur and the Shulchan Aruch never invoke Zrizim Akdimim Lemitzvos when it comes to Shofar. As we read before, the Shulchan Aruch does discuss how to factor in Zrizim Akdimim Lemitzvos when it comes to the mitzvah of Lulav, but he never discusses it in the context of Shofar. So that seems to imply that even though the principle of Zrizim Akdimim Lemitzvos is invoked for the mitzvah of Lulav, it is not invoked when it comes to the mitzvah of Shofar. So the Ohel Yosef responds very simply that he thinks the Shulchan Aruch doesn't need to repeat this with regards to every mitzvah once he said it with regards to Lulav. So we understand that it applies to any other mitzvah like Megillah or Shofar that we should do it as reasonably early as possible. Now the Dvar Moshe has a second point which relates to the reading of the Shulchan Aruch. And that is we saw earlier that the Shulchan Aruch hedges when it comes to the mitzvah of Lulav. On the one hand, he says, so you should do it first thing in the morning. On the other hand, he says that the primary mitzvah is at the time of Hallel, so it sounds like you should do it after Shachris. 
So it's unclear where the Shulchan Aruch actually comes down at the end. And this is a debate between the Dvar Moshe and the Ohel Yosef. The Dvar Moshe reads the Shulchan Aruch as saying that Hallel is the main time of the mitzvah of Lulav, and that's the defining factor. So the Lulav has to be done together with Hallel. So what does the Shulchan Aruch mean by invoking Zrizim Akdimim Lemitzvos? So the Dvar Moshe explains that what he means is that you should daven very early on Sukkot morning so that shortly after the sun rises, it's time to take the lulav and say the halal. So the Shulchan Aruch is not giving up on the notion of Zrizim Akdimim Lemitzvos, but he's also not giving up on the notion that halal and lulav should be put together. So the solution is to daven very early. And then a few minutes after sunrise, it's time to take the lulav and daven halel. So you also accomplish zrizim akdimim lemitzvos while keeping the lulav and halel together. Now, based on that, says the Dvar Moshe, let's do the same thing on Rosh Hashanah. Let's daven shachris really early so that shortly after sunrise, it's time to blow the shofar and do musaf. So the way the Dvar Moshe is reading the Shulchan Aruch's approach to these mitzvahs is that we don't want to give up on Zrizim Akdimim Lemitzvos. On the other hand, Shofar needs to be connected with Musaf and Lulav needs to be connected with Hallel. So the best way to do this is to push Shachris early those mornings in order to be able to do the mitzvahs shortly after sunrise. Now the Ohel Yosef points out that there's two problems with this solution when it comes to Rosh Hashanah. First of all, he says Rosh Hashanah is supposed to be a day when we daven slowly, we say a lot of extra prayers. This is not a day for a Vasikin minion when we run through things and we're at shofar shortly after sunrise. It's a day to take our time with the davening. So that's not going to be a solution to blowing the shofar early, to rush through shachris and to be at musaf a few minutes after sunrise. And I think that's the common practice even in hashkama or Vasikin minyanim where they generally go quicker, but on Rosh Hashanah they might start earlier, but they don't rush through it. So that's the Ohel Yosef's first argument against the Dvar Moshe's solution. There is no way to get through everything we need to do at Shachris on Rosh Hashanah and to do it properly and slowly and with the proper kavana and still be blowing the shofar shortly after sunrise. The second issue that he raises is that you're not even supposed to daven the Musaf Shmona Esrei on Rosh Hashanah until after three hours into the day when the judgment recedes a little bit. That's what the Shulchan Arach and Simen Tav Kuf Tzadi Aleph Sivches writes. So the Dvar Moshe's plan is not even going to work on Rosh Hashanah morning because if they rush through Shachris, they still can't daven Musaf. So it doesn't even help to be done with Shachris and to say now we're going to blow the shofar and go to Musaf. You just have to sit around and wait three hours. So that's the Ohel Yosef's two issues with the Dvar Moshe's plan for Rosh Hashanah morning. But then he says that he doesn't even agree with the whole way that Dvar Moshe reads the Shulchan Aruch with regards to the mitzvah of Lulav. Because he doesn't agree that the Shulchan Aruch is saying that on Sukkot morning you should daven Shachris early and take Lulav shortly after sunrise. He says the Shulchan Aruch means to say something totally different, which is how many people interpret it, that the Shulchan Aruch is saying one should take the Lulav first thing in the morning before they daven Shachris, and then later on they'll daven Shachris and shake the Lulav during Hallel. And that's when they fulfill the primary mitzvah of Lulav. So the Shulchan Aruch is advocating splitting up the mitzvah of Lulav. You do the first part early in the morning because of Zrizim Makdimim Lemitzvah. So that's when you fulfill the basic mitzvah. And then the primary mitzvah you can do hours later 
there after Shachris. So the Ohel Yosef is taking out of the Shulchan Aruch a totally different approach from the Dvar Moshe. The Shulchan Aruch is not saying people have to daven Shachris early on Yantif to be able to do the mitzvah, but he's saying the opposite, that you can split up the mitzvah. Even though the primary time for Shofar is at Musaf and the primary time for Lulav is at Hallel, it's okay to do the mitzvah much earlier in the day to fulfill the Zrizim Akdim and the mitzvos aspect. And then you can split it up and later on after Shachris do the primary part of the mitzvah. Now, it's worth just pointing out to make this argument a little clearer that both the Dvar Moshe and the Ohel Yosef agree that the primary moment of the mitzvah of Shofar is during Musaf, not earlier in the day. And that's because of two reasons. First is based on the Mishnah, which we saw earlier, which said explicitly that the way the rabbis set up the mitzvah of Shofar is to do it during Musaf. So that's clear that the primary moment of the mitzvah is during Musaf, not earlier in the day. And the second issue relates to Irbuv Hasatan. The Gemara in Roshana Tazayin Amad says, why do we blow two times, once before Musaf and once during Musaf? So the Gemara answers, to confuse the Satan. Satan is doing his best on Rosh Hashanah to prosecute the Jewish people. So in order to defeat him, we blow the shofar two times, even though for the mitzvah, we only need to do it once. So Rashi explains that when the Satan sees that the Jews love the mitzvah of shofar so much, so he loses his desire or his arguments to prosecute them. And Tosvos quotes that when he hears all these shofars, he thinks it heralds the arrival of Mashiach. So he thinks that he's done. So either way, there's obviously a lot of mystical meaning to that line in the Gemara, but it's clear that confusing the Satan all happens right before and during Musaf. So this is the basis of the Dvar Moshe's argument that there is no reason to blow shofar earlier because according to Chazal, you take care of everything in the two blowings of shofar before and during Musaf. So there's no need to have this additional earlier blowing. And the Ohel Yosef doesn't disagree with the Dvar Moshe. He also agrees that the blowing we do in Shul before and during Musaf takes care of everything that's needed. It confuses the Satan and it fulfills the mitzvah. He's just saying that in order to fulfill Zrizim Akdimim Lemitzvos, we should have a third earlier blowing. But he also agrees that even if you blow earlier, you still need the two later blowings before and during Musaf the way the Gemara describes it. Now the Dvar Moshe, Reb Moshe Emet, has another group of questions against this practice. And he says, even if we endorse the practice of blowing early shofar, but there's no need to make a bracha. First of all, it makes problems in terms of a hefsik. We try very hard not to talk between making the bracha on the shofar and blowing the shofar during musaf. So once you hear the bracha on shofar, you're not supposed to talk until the end of musaf. So if you're making a bracha way early in the morning, hours before Musaf, says Reb Moshe Emet, people are going to talk, they're going to make a hefsik, and that violates the halacha that you're not supposed to talk between the bracha on shofar and Musaf. Second, he says there's no need to make the bracha before blowing early shofar because sometimes we do the mitzvah without making the bracha. For example, if someone is going to be davening shachris after the time of Shema, so you can say just Shema earlier without the brachas, and then later you'll say the brachas even though you've already done the mitzvah of Shema. So in the same way, says Reb Moshe Emet, you can blow early shofar without a bracha, and then later on you'll make the bracha and blow again. 
His third point is, how do you make another bracha later on in shul if you've already made the bracha at the early shofar blowing? You can't just keep making a bracha on a mitzvah over and over again. So once you set it at the early shofar blowing, how do you then go to shul and make another bracha on the shofar blowing? So Reb Moshe Emet suggests that maybe there's a different way to see this whole custom, and that is that they're not fulfilling the mitzvah of shofar with this early blowing, but it's another way of irbuv satan. It's another form of confusing the satan by blowing early, and then blowing before Musaf, and then blowing during Musaf. So it's an additional confusion of the satan. So if that's the case, then it certainly makes sense you wouldn't make a bracha on the early blowing. You wait to make the bracha in shul before musaf, and then you don't talk until after the final musaf blowing. So that's going to take care of all his problems. And based on this, he also adds that there's no reason to make a shechianu at the early blowing of shofar, even though it's the first time you're hearing the shofar, because it's not the mitzvah of the shofar. So you make the shechianu later on in the day at the blowing before musaf, when you actually fulfill the mitzvah. So that's Rev Moshe Emet's way of viewing this whole custom and how we progress throughout the day with the mitzvah of shofar. Now, the Ohel Yosef, Rev Yosef Molcho, counters this point by point. And he says, first of all, the people who are blowing early are intending to fulfill their mitzvah of shofar. So that is when they fulfill the mitzvah. So that's why the early blowing needs to be with a bracha, because that is when they're doing their mitzvah. And even though they're going to talk between that and the Musaf blowing, so he says there are great poskim, including the Rambam, who disagree with the view that you can't speak between the bracha and the final blowing. And they hold that once you heard the shofar, you can talk. So that's what these people rely on. They make the bracha, do the mitzvah, and then after that they can talk even though they haven't davened and blown during Musaf yet. And then he counters the reason why they make another bracha in shul before Musaf, even though they already made a bracha and fulfilled the mitzvah earlier, is for the people who weren't there. You're not going to have every person go to the early shofar blowing. That was for the elites. So there are people in shul who still need to hear the bracha. So for their sake, they make the bracha again later on in shul. And now, says Rabbi Yosef Malcho, that's also going to answer the problem of the hefsek, because even if you hold that you shouldn't be speaking between the bracha and the blowing of Musaf, since people go to Shul and they hear the bracha again, so after hearing that bracha, they don't speak until the end of Musaf. So he has a number of solutions to the problems Reb Moshe Emet raised. And then he counters against Reb Moshe Emet's idea that the early shofar blowing is only to confuse the satan, not to do the mitzvah. And that's why we don't make a bracha. So Reb Yosef Molcho argues that even according to the Gemara, that the first blowing before Musaf is to confuse the satan, but we make the bracha at that point. So you see that you do make the bracha even if the purpose is to confuse the satan. Now this issue relates to a much more important issue as to when we actually fulfill the mitzvah of shofar. Is it the blowing before Musaf or after Musaf? So it's not that clear what Rabbi Yosef Molcho is saying that the main mitzvah is during Musaf and before that is only to confuse the satan. Most people hold that before Musaf is when we actually fulfill the mitzvah which would fit in with Rabbi Moshe Emet's view. And finally, one last very interesting point from Rabbi Yosef Molcho in his counter-argument, and that is he insists that it cannot be like Reb Moshe Emet, that you blow the shofar early and then make the shachianu later on in shul at the blowing before Musaf. 
And the reason, he says, is because once you heard the shofar that day, even if you didn't fulfill the mitzvah, you cannot make a shechianu again. And he backs this up with an idea he heard from his father. The custom is to blow the shofar each day of Elul after Shachris, except for Shabbos, the whole month leading up to Rosh Hashanah. But on Erev Rosh Hashanah itself, we stop and we don't blow shofar. So his father explained, because if we blow shofar on the day before Rosh Hashanah, then we can't make a shachianu the next day because it's not a fresh mitzvah. So in order to make the shofar on Rosh Hashanah a fresh experience so that we can make a shachianu, we take a break the day before Rosh Hashanah, and that's enough to allow us to say a shachianu on Rosh Hashanah. Says Rabbi Yosef Molcho, if according to Rabbi Moshe Emet, they're blowing shofar early in the morning, so then they can't make the shachianu later on that day because it's not a fresh new mitzvah. Now, Reb Moshe Ahmed argues back and he says that the Taz has a whole different reason for why we don't blow shofar on Erev Rosh Hashanah. He says it's to differentiate between the real mitzvah de oraisa of shofar, which applies on Rosh Hashanah, versus the custom of blowing that we've been doing the whole month of Elul. So we want to show that these are not of the same status. During Elul, it was just a custom. And on Rosh Hashanah, it's a de oraisa. So that's why we take a break. So there's two approaches to understand why we pause blowing the shofar on Erev Rosh Hashanah. One is in order to differentiate and show that the blowing on Rosh Hashanah is a much more serious, higher status than what we've been doing until then. And the second is in order to be able to make a shachianu on a fresh, new, exciting mitzvah that we haven't done in a little bit. Now, the final point that needs to be dealt with is still the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah, because the Gemara seems to say explicitly that we do not apply Zerizim Akdimim Lemitzvos to the mitzvah of Shofar because it's dangerous to blow Shofar before Musaf. So Rabbi Yosef Molcho makes a very interesting point about this. And he says, when you look in Rashi and Tosvos on that Gemara, they keep talking about blowing during Musaf. But that's not exactly what we do. We blow right before Musaf, and then we blow again during Musaf. So according to Rabbi Yosef Molcho, this is not what Rashi and Tosvos on that Mishnah on Rosh Hashanah, Lamed Beis, and Beis are talking about. They're referring to an even earlier period when they did not blow twice. They did not blow before Musaf. They only blew once during Musaf. And the reason was because of danger. And then later the danger receded. So they added another blowing before Musaf in order to confuse the Satan. So Rabbi Yosef Molcho argues a very interesting idea that every custom, regardless of whether you blow early in the morning or not, everyone is not following the Mishnah, which says because of danger, you should only blow during Musaf. Because everyone blows a little bit before Musaf, which is not in line with that decree. So according to Rabbi Yosef Molcho, we have to say that the decree changed because it wasn't as dangerous as it had been. And that's why people started blowing before Musaf. So once you say that, then you could also blow early in the morning before Shul. Now, he doesn't explain that Toso seems to say that the decree can never change. He just points out that the decree does seem to have changed without answering the obvious contradiction. Now, the counter-argument to Rabbi Yosef Molcho is going to be obvious that when the Gemara says you should blow during Musaf because of danger, it doesn't mean the second Musaf starts. It means any point around Musaf time. So if you blow 10 minutes before Musaf, that's also considered part of Musaf with regards to the danger, as opposed to blowing early in the morning, which would create danger. So Rabbi Yosef Molcho has an interesting reading of this Gemara, that when the Gemara says to blow during Musaf because of danger, it means only 
only during Musaf, not even 10 minutes before, but the other side has an easy response back, which is blowing 10 minutes before Musaf is considered part of Musaf. It's just trying to exclude blowing during Shachris. So this is the very interesting debate between Rabbi Yosef Molcho and Rabbi Moshe Emet about whether to blow Shofar early in the morning and some of the interesting points that they raise in the course of their discussions. Now we'll give the final word to the Mishnah Brura, and he is very clear that because the Gemara says you should not blow in the morning, what that means is there is no principle of Zrizim Akdimim Lemitzvos when it comes to the mitzvah of Shofar. And the reason is because there was a period when it was dangerous to blow early, and so the rabbi said to blow during Musaf. And the Mishnah Brewer says very clearly that even the Tkios de Miyushav, the first blowing, which is not during Musaf, it's right before Musaf, also should not be Zrizim Akdimim Lomitzvah. So you get no extra credit, according to the Mishnah Brura, for doing this an hour or two hours earlier. You should just keep your regular schedule, daven whenever it makes sense for people to daven, and whatever point in the day they get up to the shofar blowing, that's when they'll do the mitzvah. And the Mishnah Brura in the Shar HaTzion says that this is based on a number of Rishonim, and then he adds in that the Shar Chuva does mention this custom to blow an early shofar blowing, and he says that there might be some Kabbalistic reasons but then the Shari Tshuva writes that this custom does not appear in the Arizal's system and the great Kabbalist Rab Shalom Sharabi was also opposed to this custom. And the Mishabur and the Shar HaTzion agrees with the Shari Tshuva's conclusion that there is no need to blow an early shofar. And the Mishabura even adds one more point to this, that even someone who's blowing by themselves, so they're not going to be able to go to Shul, should still wait three hours into the day and not blow the shofar early to blow at the same time as the community. So even though the factor of danger might not apply to an individual blowing in their home, but they should still wait and do the mitzvah a little later in the day. So the Mishnah Brura is a firm believer that there is no principle of Zrizim Makdimim Lemitzvos when it comes to the mitzvah of shofar. Now, because the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah is such a central piece of the Mishnah Brewer's argument, so it's worth just pointing out that the explanation we've been using and the one the Mishnah Brewer goes with is Rashi's, but Tosvos quotes from the Yushalmi a different explanation of what the danger is. And that is not that the anti-Semites are going to stop them from blowing shofar and they wait around to make sure that they're done davening and then once the anti-Semites leave, the Jews can blow shofar. That was Rashi. Tosos quotes from the Yerushalmi something else, which is that if the Jews start gathering and suddenly they're blowing shofar, the non-Jews are going to get spooked and they might think the Jews are declaring war. So they might go to war with the Jews without realizing that they're just doing a mitzvah. So because of that, they said, first start davening and say Shema and daven Shachris and then read from the Torah. And then afterwards, you can blow shofar so it will be clear to everyone that you're in the middle of a service. This is not a declaration of war. So the non-Jews won't get spooked and attack the Jews. So it's possible to argue that this explanation is more contemporary because it might be something that's not frozen at one moment in time, but at any period, if the Jews would get together and start blowing shofar, it would spook the non-Jews that they live amongst if they don't realize that it's the mitzvah of shofar. On the other hand, this might be as dated as Rashi's explanation because, first of all, we don't declare war nowadays using a shofar. We have other methods of starting a war. And second, we blow the shofar in the shul building, so that seems clear what we're doing. We're not starting a war. We're doing a mitzvah. And third of all, the non-Jews very often do know that it's Rosh Hashanah and we blow the shofar. 
So it could be Tosus' reason is just as dated as Rashi, but it's also possible there's room to say that that does apply more in the current world than not. On the other hand, Tosos is very clear that the decree does not change, even if we feel there's no danger, and that is the practice of many Jews nowadays.